Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. We are recording this on Wednesday night, late in the East. Not as late in Los Angeles, where I am. But the Celtics game is over. Jackie joined us after that. Um, did the Celtics hang on to win that game, Jackie? They did not. Uh, the, the Pacers beat them. Yes. Nice, nice win for the Pacers. Cleveland did not hang on to beat the Rockets. There's yes. James Harden. I'm screwing that one up. Um, McMahon, uh, Tim Band, Timothy Band McMahon joining us from Dallas. Uh, McMahon, Harden's scoring average against the bottom three defensive teams this year is like 56 points. James so, Harden just had 55 and shot only five free throws. Got me all basketball reference in. And Rick Barry is the only player in NBA history to score more points while shooting five or fewer free throws in a game. So take that for Harden just being a guy who baits people into fouls and tricks refs. Well, I saw his over-under tonight was like 41.5. Well, and I think that was factored in. They didn't think he'd have to go on a 24 nothing run to make sure that Harden would get maximum playing time. Right. Well, anyway, he went over and the Rockets won. Um, but the real story of tonight, and our listeners are going to listen to this on Thursday, and uh, they'll be have hopefully seen this or heard about this, was you know Kawhi going back to Toronto. Um, the the Pacers won the game relatively easily. Um, not the Pacers. Oh my God, brain fart. The Clippers <laughs> won the game mm-hmm. relatively easily. Um, you know, it, actually, it's not over yet, but they're up. They're up handily. I probably just jinxed them, but they're up by twenty. I was um, going to say, it, it'll be over by the time they the listen, way, but you might have totally screwed this thing up now. By the way, I, I just did a Trey Young and said the game is over because there's seven seconds Ooh. left and the Celtics are down two. So that game's not over either. That's Russell amazing. Westbrook is, had the same thing happen, by the way, against the Timberwolves in old 88. I always just say 88 because I always mess up his name. 88 hit the game winner from like 33 feet after scoring 30. In a uh, win in, in Dallas the previous night. How about them Kangs? You mean Nemanja Belitsa? He doesn't. Yes, that was 88. Great. That shot was so. It was like 40 feet away. It was so far away. Yes. Now, they, they screwed up the switch and left him wide open, but still, I mean, that was cold blood. And then he cussed on, uh, on the Kings TV broadcast. Yes. But you hit did. that um, shot. You deserve an F bomb. So, um, Kawhi's return, I thought. The Raptors handled it uh, beautifully. Um, two things that I saw: one, they did what I, I had never seen this before. They retraced his steps using their lighting system, where everywhere he moved, like his footprints, uh, it was all the, the arena was all darkened, and they used like color to highlight his footprints where he caught the ball, ran, and shot it. I thought that was really cool. And then the video that they played. They did a great job of interspersing his highlights with the way the city of Toronto reacted. They had these incredible crowd shots. They had, you know, footage from the street, footage from the parade. Um, and of course, Toronto gave him a a standing ovation and he, he went through and he, and he embraced the, the owner, uh, Larry Tannenbaum, Masai Ujiri, the, the president, Bobby Webster, the GM, Nick Nurse, and the other coaches and the players he played with. And then at the end of the line, Kyle Lowry was holding his ring. I thought it was so cool. 
handled. I, I can't, you know, it was a very unique return game. Very rarely in a return game is the MVP. It's never yeah. happened before. The MVP is coming back to get his ring. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, you can't compare it to, you know, what other teams have done. But I thought it was really classy, Jackie, and they set a new standard for that. Yes, it was. And, um, you know, I was, I was on around the horn today, and everyone was talking about, will he get booed, will he get cheered? I mean, to me, this was the biggest no-brainer ever. Of course they were going to cheer him because Masai made a calculated gamble to take on Kawhi, knowing it, would, it could be, maybe it was probably even likely going to be for one year. But it's kind of like... Uh, signing Garrett Cole to all that money. If he gets you a championship, you don't care what happens after that. And I think that's the same thing here. And, you know, it, it's uh, it's funny because Kawhi was only there one year. It's not like Kyle Lowry left or, you know, something like that. So it was a very, very brief courtship and a very, very brief marriage. But it was one that was very fruitful. Uh I, the only thing I, and I, I, people got, I got mad at me, I guess, today when I said, you know, we, we have turned Kawhi Leonard into a little bit of a saint, you know, the mm. saintly Kawhi. Uh, he did leave them. Now, he had every right to do so. He was a free agent. I'm not quarreling with it. That's his right as a player. But, um, you know, before we make him out to be the, you know, everyone said, hey, he handled this exactly right. Well, if you're the Toronto Raptors, if he handled it exactly right, he'd still be playing for you. That's my only That's not comment. necessarily true, though, because they traded for him knowing that he wanted to go to L.A. I mean, that, everybody I in the world I understand. knew. Th- so understood. Kawhi but, handled himself like the ultimate professional, led them to their championship, made right. no promises ever at any point about staying. So, I mean, to boo him would have been absolutely insane. Oh, well, no one's t- saying that. I, I don't think anyone should have booed him. And I think he deserved that ring and deserved that wonderful ceremony tonight. I, what, I, what I'm saying is, does he really deserve to be canonized, though? Uh, you know, but well, it's, let me ask it's you this, Jackie. To me. I yes. think they should retire his jersey. Oh, no. Wow, really? I do. Uh, yeah. I can't sign off. If you me. are the primary wins its only championship, I think that's jersey retirement uh, stuff right mm. there. You know, it's funny. Rick Carlisle once publicly declared that Tyson Chandler's jersey should be retired. He was he had two years in Dallas, separate, but obviously the one, he was the final major piece to a championship. Now, Kristaps Porzingis is wearing number six, but that's neither here nor there. I, I, I think that Kawhi should absolutely have his jersey retired there. Wow. He was Jackie, the, the problem major is major reason they won a championship. I when it comes to jersey about- retirement, yeah, go ahead, Brian. I, I just think Jersey retirements, to me, um, there is a, a, a portion of longevity involved. Well, in Boston, that's for sure true. You know. Um, well, and listen, there's plenty but, of numbers up in Boston's Raptors that shouldn't be up there. Let me be clear. I'm, I'm not going to go down the list, but there are some up there that, frankly, don't probably belong up there. But it's a sentimental town for a place that just kept winning them over and over. I, I can't wait till Kyrie's the- is up there. <laughs> you yeah. know, well, frankly, Kyrie will be in it. That'll be interesting. <laughs> and his kid will be hanging from the Raptors, going, "Get me down, get me down," because <laughs> he's wearing Kyrie number should, Kyrie should be retired in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I think you could make that. I think, like, that. If you, yeah, you could make that argument, it, the thing about retired jerseys, you used to kind of go franchise to franchise to see the standard. Yeah, I agree with that. 
on those other teams, and like you know, I can just tell you from Cleveland. Now, granted, um, uh, some of those guys were the guys of my childhood, but like, with all due respect to um, you know some of the guys who are up there, they don't match what Kyrie Irving did. So I think Kyrie's jersey should hang. I think Kawhi's jersey should hang. Toronto doesn't exactly have a lot of selection of doing it. Um, so what you're saying I, is I, I think it's something ahead, you, know, you should say Kyrie should be ahead of Bingo Smith. Is that what you're telling me? That's what you're telling me, right? I mean, I don't want to offend Bingo Smith. But, but Nate Thurmond, you know, I mean, we're getting into down the cab. Nate Thurmond played right. for the Cavs for like a year and a half and got his jersey retired. So, yeah. you know, Kyrie brought them a, you know, brought them a championship. So um, I absolutely think he should get his jersey retired. But, you know, it, it's sort of after the way the Cavs handled the LeBron exit the first time, it was such a black mark on their franchise that I now think that everyone falls all over themselves to not be that. And I, I think in some ways, now this is a, this was a unique situation. Um, but sometimes yeah. people are like, listen, we're not going to be, we're not going to be the letter. We're not going to have the letter here. Um, but tribute you know, videos, the, the though, in general, one, are out Jack, of control. Like some guys get tribute videos that you're like, "Are you serious?" No, I agree with that. I agree with that too. I don't know. When Isaiah Thomas was going to get one, uh, Rondo spoke up and was like, "We give uh, tribute videos for guys who made the conference finals now." Um, and then in Cleveland, when Kyrie was coming back after the trade demand, the Cavs put together a tribute video. The players did not want it to run, but again, because of the scar tissue of what happened with LeBron before, they felt like they had to do it. And then Gordon Hayward had the unfortunate injury and mm. in the early part of the game, and it blew up the Cavs' sequencing, and they never played it. And we asked them, well, why didn't you play it? And they said, after the Hayward injury, we just didn't feel it was appropriate. I don't know if that made a lot of sense, but they didn't play it. And it was okay with the play with the Cavs players because they didn't want them to play it because they didn't like Kyrie. Um, That's interesting. But I think Hayward, they were right. not necessarily wrong about that. They were right about it being inappropriate, though. I think it would have been inappropriate. I mean, it, that whole place, that injury cast a pall over that entire building. Yeah. You know, when Hayward went back to Utah, yeah. they really, I mean, they could have been a vine, but it was a, a sh- quick little video that they tweeted it got you know just awful reception from utah fans and they didn't show it uh in the arena but you know i don't know to me though it's just like the tribute sometimes they play tribute videos for guys who are like seventh man for a couple years like what are you doing well it's subjective well i mean bruce bowen's number is retired in san antonio i think that's the greatest thing i've ever heard because Bruce Bowen Brad Davis in Dallas. Right, but Bruce Bowen won championships, and he embodied exactly. everything that Pop believed in. And I thought that was great. And I don't know what Bruce Bowen's career average is. We could look it up pretty quickly. Troy, let me see if I can get that so we can have it on our podcast. But, I mean, he's... I'd be, I but he was at least a key part a of multiple championship teams. Oh, yeah, he was a great defender. Yeah, career average is six points a game. Love it. Love that. Okay, so he retired. beats Brad Davis. Brad Davis is in uh, in Dallas. Was eight point six. No finals. Well, Brad wasn't known as a defensive retired. stopper. I mean, Brad Bowen was known as a defensive player, and I don't know that Brad Davis was. So he was a fan favorite. It's not something that will be um, 
it's not something that'll be on, on anybody's plate anytime soon because you wouldn't do it till after he's retired anyway and he's got years left. I just think that you know number two should be retired. I mean, um, Colin Sexton's wearing number two in Cleveland, and so <laughs> the Cavs not had no well problem either. handing it away. So I don't, I don't think they, <laughs> I don't think they intend to uh, to retire it in the short term. And Kyrie's got years left as well. Um, speaking of Kyrie. Uh, Jason Tatum was asked about uh, whether he could make the All Star team this year. He said, "I'd love to make it; it'd be a great honor." And he, you know, he's averaging twenty one and seven for a team that's been pretty good this year. It's been a pleasant surprise. I started thinking about the Eastern Conference All Star team. Um, this is going to be an interesting year for it. Uh, uh, you you say that like there's not some, there's not enough candidates. Names. I disagree. Are you saying there's tough decisions or not enough? All right. Are you saying not enough or tough decisions? Which I'm saying, saying there's going to be new blood. I'm, oh, well, there's well, always oh, okay. tough decisions, but I'm going to I'm going to say there's new blood. I'm saying there's new blood and potentially some some okay, controversial let's, ones. Let's start with which 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 previous All Stars are sure things: Giannis, Giannis. Jimmy Butler, Kimball Walker, Joel Embiid. And despite the, I think you got to go um, Bradley Beal. Okay. Can we agree those five ben returning Simmons? guys being Simmons? Uh, he's he's ben Simmons? borderline. He, I, oh, I he think is he's not the, borderline. No, no, he's not. Uh, no, he's, he's borderline. Beast. beast playing great defense. He's very very important to that team. No, I disagree. Tobias Harris might be a better candidate than him no. this year. The couldn't disagree more. Three. Oh my goodness, Tim! I just couldn't disagree more. The Sixers have a lot of wins. So do we. Their record's pretty good, and Ben Ben Simmons has been a big part of a lot of wins. But, I mean, who are you putting on instead of him? I mean, that's what I would have to say about that. Well, New Blood we're talking about. Siakam is an absolute exclamation point, hell yes. Agree. To me, I think Tatum. I mean, the way that the Celtics are, are winning, I think Tatum's a, a, a selection. You know, Jackie Young, Tatum the, before Jalen Brown? Because I think yeah, well, Jalen Brown before Tatum. Yeah. Well, I think Tatum would get it before Jalen Brown. But if you look at what's been going on, especially in the last few weeks, and it is early yet to be vote, voting for the All-Star team. If you, mm-hmm. you ask me which one I would take over the last two to three weeks, I would take Brown. But Jason Tatum will get this. This is because we know how this works, how these things are voted, and he's the guy that's supposed to be getting it. And he's played very, very well, and he's hit some really, really big shots. But Jalen Brown has been the better complete player over the last couple of weeks. Although I will so, tell you, Jason Tatum's defense has really impressed me, really impressed me this year. He made a really uh, Trey Young's numbers are ridiculous. How, how much do you discount those because the Hawks are horrible? And he's a big part of their defense being just absolutely dreadful. But how about you know, Malcolm Brogdon I mean, for the Pacers? I, is Brogdon or Sabonis the Pacers' best candidate? Those are it's a good that, question. That, that's Brogdon's a debate. Really, yep, that is a debate. They both Spencer Dinwiddie with the Nets. The Nets are winning without Kyrie, and he is killing. Fred Van Vliet uh, Van well, to make a case. So for. Kyrie is probably yep. going to get. No, Kyrie. Kyrie hasn't played. He hasn't played. Kyrie is probably going to get voted in. But he, yeah. he's probably going to get voted in. Would be more. You, you think so? Um, don't you think he's taking a hit here? I don't know, but don't you think he's taking a hit? A, a PR hit? I guess with we'll everything see. that's gone on with him? I don't Perhaps. know. Perhaps. We'll yeah. 
His, shoe, his uh, shoes Van, still sell like hotcakes, He's cakes, really right? popular. Yeah, yeah. As he should be. I mean, he's a really great player when he's playing. No question. How about I, I agree guys? with you on Van Vliet. Uh, man, Drummond, to me, is the Pistons' best Drummond's candy. better. He's better. Yeah, he is. I agree. I Leading agree. the league in rebounding. Blocking yeah. a ton Blake's, of shots. But Blake's playing coming good defense. on. Blake missed time early. But he's, you know, Blake's averaging 18 and five rebounds, I think. And, And Heat are absolutely tearing it up. All right, who's the second guy out of Milwaukee? Yeah, out of bio, yeah. You know what? I don't know. Milton missed a bunch of games. I don't know if there is a second guy in Milwaukee. There may not be. There may not be. So what was your um, thought on this, Brian? So last year... Okay, so so last year, here are guys who made the Eastern Conference All-Star team last year that I do not think will make it this year, all right? Victor Oladipo, obviously. Kyle Lowry has missed a bunch of time. Mm-hmm. I think if there's a second Raptor, I do think it's uh, Van Vliet. Blake Griffin has missed a bunch of time. Has had some yes. good games, but up and down. Nikola Vucevic has been out, missed a bunch of time. Chris Middleton yeah. has yeah. missed a bunch of time. But you figure they're going to get a second one. They're going to be on pace for 60 wins. Um, Kawhi goes west, so you lose that's Kawhi because he goes west. Kawhi, go, right? Kawhi goes, goes west. west. So and there's a, there's there's slots available. There's slots. Well, available. D'Angelo Russell, think about this. He was on the East last year. He goes west too. He made it with the Nets last year, didn't he? As a reserve, I think he did. And he goes yeah, west he also. Did. He might have been way, retired. Was he an injury you know? replacement? Yeah, he was. He was. And of course, Dwayne Wade. That was the sympathy. Um, you know, yeah, that song. doesn't count. Just like Dirk doesn't right. count. I mean, it counts from right. their record, but they weren't really right. But I'm just saying, stars. if we're doing if we're doing a head count, he was also from the East, representing the East. Dwayne Wade was, of course. Jimmy yeah, but Butler they added comes him from as, west a, to east. as a thirteenth man. Well, right, but Jimmy Butler comes west to east. Yeah. I don't remember the, the exact timing. Was he already traded or no? By then, wasn't traded yet. Who? He was Who? traded by then. Butler was Who, traded Dwayne by. Wade? No, yeah. Butler Jim, was traded from Jimmy uh, Butler did not make the All-Star team. team. Wow. Jimmy Butler did yeah, not make the right, All-Star team. That's right, he didn't. Yeah, well, he didn't deserve to. Yeah, he was, Ivan, he was <sighs> causing all sorts of commotion. That's right. He sure as heck should make it this year. So I definitely think Trey yeah. Young should make it. I mean, and, the numbers uh, are crazy. I would like... It'd be fun. It'd be super fun yeah. to have and him. I w- and I would like to find a spot, a spot for Adebayo, who I think has been, been a, really great, a, a great... A factor on uh, well, especially on the if the, if the Heat right are second now. or third in the East by the time it, it you know it comes, I think Dinwiddie has to be in there. That's going to be an interesting one, depending on when Kyrie comes back and what happens to him when Kyrie comes back. I can't believe how many games Kyrie has missed. Can you? I'm really surprised. Well, I do I know that a shoulder game. impingement is not a is oh, not a bad one. Trust is not me, a joke I know. That, as you guys know, I, that's where all my troubles started. No, I and I'm not an NBA player, but it's uh, it's nothing to. I'm not. I'm not questioning whether he's lying. Believe me, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that he could play and he's not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just. I'm just. You know, I thought they were talking about him. He was shooting and he was, you know, in practice and that. I thought he was coming back. I thought he'd be back by now. Well, there, there's also will be some. The, the West will be interesting because. Um, well, Curry, I'm sure Curry will get voted in. I don't know if he can play. Um, I don't think he'll But you're yeah, going to have to be back play. Then. By the way, the Nets lost tonight. They lost tonight. Oh, no, it's still not over. I'm doing it again. I really want to be Trey Young when I don't grow up. 
doing it again. <laughs> that game is still in, still in progress. Goodness gracious, Jackie. Um, See, it's past my bedtime. So here's That's the problem. Hello, no one is available to take your call. How about the other night where there were two buzzer beaters in the NBA? Uh, Nemanja Bielica with that long one, and then Derek Rose, shimmy shaking in the lane. Uh, both going in as the buzzer sounded. One of the most exciting plays in basketball. And that meant that somebody was getting rewarded by Tiso because they are running a terrific promotion right now that every time a buzzer beater happens, fans will be rewarded including with uh, prizes including flyaway trips, autographed merchandise, game tickets, and more. And somebody may have won a trip to the NBA All-Star Game in Chicago thanks to one of those shots. You can sign up for this awesome contest at us.tsoshop.com slash buzzer beater. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. They make watches that are stylish, trendy, innovative, and made with the highest quality. And they also are the official timekeeper which means that when those clocks go down towards that buzzer beater, they're making sure that they're going down perfectly. And they have all sorts of things set up for this iconic moment, the buzzer beater. Obviously, you can check out their latest timepieces at their website in jewelry stores nationwide and on the wrists of NBA stars like Trey Young, Clay Thompson, and many more. Follow them on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash tiso.us. Follow them on Twitter at at tiso. And check out the hashtag, this is your time. Here's an interesting one. So uh, today, um, ESPN came out with their first edition of the real plus minus numbers. Now, this is a oh, composite stat. Um, it's one of the few mm. ways that you can analyze into one statistic defensive numbers. Now, it it weighs a whole lot of things. It weighs your your competition. It weighs who's on the court with you. It, it creates a number. Um, and it gives you it, it ranks you in terms of the uh, overall number, um, overall on offense and overall on defense. Um, and far and away, the number one uh, guy wow. in in plus minus wow. in a real plus minus. I've never seen a spread. Well, I can't say I maybe either. maybe I have. It's a huge yeah. spread. Um, Look at the defensive number Le- too, Brian. Look at the number, the defensive number. Yeah, very, very healthy. Um, LeBron James with a nine point seven RPM, um, and James Harden is number two with a six point seven. Uh, Giannis three with a six point seven. Uh, okay, our, our nerds need four. to get back to work though, because okay. Luca is tenth. I mean, come on, dude. And I'm like, I'm scrolling. Anthony Davis is twenty seventh. He's not fifteenth. Doncic, Doncic is fifteenth, my friend. But so we were just talking about Jason Tatum versus Jalen Brown. Now this isn't the only metric, obviously. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at I'm looking at wins here now. Yeah, but Jalen Brown. Whatever. My point is. Yeah, Jason Tatum. (sighs) Look at his defensive number. Plus four. Denzel freaking Valentine is higher than Luka Doncic. Get the hell well, out of he here. Hasn't, he hasn't played, I mean, he's, it's a, he's only played just, 11 games. So cool we should jets. not publish that. Jets. We should not publish that. No, but here's Will, why, Tim. Here's Will bleeping Tim, Barton Tim. is the best defensive player in the league? Tim, here's He's not why, the best defensive player in semi-pro, a little pro. Some, Tim, calm, cool your jets, my friend. Cool your jets. The reason Luka doesn't show up well is, number one, 
defensively his number is in the negative. Number two, Dallas's defense as a whole, and this is where Brian's talking about. You have to take these numbers and put them in their proper context. When your team is very good defensively, the individuals shine because of that. Conversely, if your team overall isn't a great defensive team, your numbers will suffer a little bit. That's always been There is no context that has Denzel Valentine and Dante Divasic <laughs> players than freaking Luka Doncic in the 2019 NBA. Well, who does Dante DiVincenzo play for? Who does he play for? Milwaukee. Jalen Brown. Thank you. Player. He's Thank number 17 in real plus minus. He's a very nice ninth man. Ninth man... It does not equal number 17 in the league in any kind of advanced statistic that doesn't need some major overhauling. I just want our our nerve. This one, we need. This will, believe me, it works itself out over the course of the season. The reason that real defensive, a real plus minus, I always ask GMs and coaches, I'm sure you guys do too, of all the metrics we boothead. Uh, sports writers use as opposed to all the very sophisticated stuff they have what's the closest thing to being a good metric and they off they always say nba real plus minus but they also always say but don't even look at it the first two or three months of the season wait until february and you'll start to see all the top players rise to the top and chris middleton was such a real plus minus defensive darling that's how he got that huge contract well, that, and he played on a team that won a whole bunch of games and was their second-best score. Well, not I'm not talking about last year. So I'm talking about before that. I'm not talking so, about last year. So LeBron is, as I said, LeBron's RPM number is 9.7. Last year, LeBron's number was 5.4. So keep that in mind. The number one RPM player in the league last year was Paul George at 7.6. Um, two years ago, the number one player was Chris Paul at 6.9. Um, the last time we had anybody put up a number like this was LeBron back in 2015-16, 9.7 in uh, arguably one of the greatest seasons of his career when he uh, led the Cavs to the title. So LeBron, the point here is LeBron is playing at an incredibly high level. Some of the highest stats, at least in this RPM metric, that we have seen and um all the time like twice uh, i think that's you you broke up tim say it again i said he's been he's been as good as denzel valentine that's how awesome lebron's been <laughs> yeah um you know who ranks relatively high on rpm and is a guy that i think that no one is talking about um but could potentially be a, uh, a trade deadline player is Davis Bertans. Oh, Bobby Marks is talking about him. Bobby f- loves him. He's having, okay, so outside of Bobby, he's having far and away a career year. Now, we may be seeing some inflated <laughs> offensive statistics for Again. the Wizards this year because of the way they play. Go ahead, Jackie. <laughs> no, you're right. Sorry. I'm sorry. So rude. But you can't inflate this. He's shooting 47% on threes on nine threes a game. That right there is eye popping. And, and they're tough threes. I, I think a, it was, I think it was Fred Katz who had all these numbers on like how many contested threes he hits. And it's a crazy number, crazy percentage. Yeah, he has, he has great size. So he's, he's hard. He, I mean, height. And so he's he, he's a he's a defensive issue, but 
boy, there are some teams out there. Can you imagine if Philadelphia could get their hands on him? What kind of a difference he could make in that in that regard? Um, you know, I, I don't know if I mean he's a free agent to be. I don't know if Washington, if I were Washington, I'd, I'd want to resign Man. him. But you know, I don't know what what his what his plans are. Um, know, but, but he's making Bradley seven million dollars. Pittance, a mere pittance, sir. Bradley Beal said the other night he's and the of best shooter he's ever the, played with. How about that? How about that? Wow, the best shooter he's ever played. Think about that. Well, how about if you're the Spurs? You traded him so you could sign Marcus Morris, and then Marcus Morris ditched <laughs> you. you. And this dude is lighting the world on fire. Now he's doing it for a bad team yeah, and um, blah, blah, blah. They're actually better defensively when he's on the floor, but that's not saying much. <laughs> yeah, but it's, they're, they're the worst defensive team in the league or second to worst, and um, yeah, they're, well, his, they're his numbers show, show that. They're just trying to outscore teams. But that's, that's a guy that if your team if your team needs a um, needs a three point shooter and you know he he plays small forward plays I mean he's, he's a power forward but I guess you could put him at small he's gonna get he's gonna be in trouble defensively in either spot mm. but um, right. find you find uh, the Latvian laser by the way is his nickname. Um, Poor Pop, uh, don't you, you think uh, Pop is you just find, got his you head find in his hands? He got his head in his hands over that, huh? Got it. It's been a it's been a rough year for Pop, it's but I will say this: uh, it's like McMahon, the curse of the Olympics, Brian. I swear to God, ge- the curse of the Olympic Games. It follows Pop everywhere. Think about it, as a player from us from seventy two. You mean? Well, as a player, he thought he should have been on the team. Well, he'll never say that, but people around mm-hmm. him said it. And then he was on Larry Brown's bench, and they had the bronze medal. Remember? And then this summer, all you know, all the injuries in the world collapsed on his head. It's just like it's the Olympic curse. Team USA curse because it was World Cup this yeah. summer. But I'm with you. Okay, right. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. What would yeah, I do? I, I wondered why. He, I wondered why he wanted. <laughs> I wondered why he wanted that job. Uh, but just in general, McMahon, um, the real plus minus is not that kind to Luka, Luka Doncic. I would I would say that your point, you know, and it's early, but your point could I don't be know. taken there. I've, and, I've, yeah, I've watched a lot of Luka games, and I thought he's had a pretty good season so far. <laughs> for, of course he has. For, these, yeah. for the most pleasant surprise in the Western Conference. While the second best Latvian in the league struggles to, uh, you know, to get in a groove offensively. Hmm. So don't take you, it personally. You guys probably saw it's going to work out. It's going to work out. I, I just don't want him to Jackie mentioned I'm a, earlier. I'm a big Denzel Valentine fan and Will Barton. <laughs> Will Barton, by the way, Jackie has mentioned had a earlier. great year for Denver so far. Will the Thrill. Don't be I mean, when dissing I, him. When he's, I think of defensive stoppers, he's the today. first name that comes to mind for sure. Oh, come on. You're just I mean, dripping Will, with sarcasm, and that guy's you know, played Kawhi, well for them. Giannis, when Jokic has had struggles, yes. I'm telling you, Will Barton's been very, very good for the Denver Nuggets. You're barking up the wrong tree there. Okay, continue, Brian. So earlier, Jackie mentioned Garrett Cole signing with the, with the Yankees. He got a nine-year contract. Uh, obviously, NBA, uh, you could only sign guys to five-year contracts if they're your player or uh, four years if they're your outside player. That got me to thinking, how many NBA players out there do you think right now, if the league allowed it, could get a nine-year contract? Like, let's say the, the, today, today, who... 
Who gets a nine-year contract in the NBA? Giannis, Luca. No, there'd be others. Kawhi, if you yeah, wanted think, it. Kawhi, if you wanted it. Nine years. Jason Tatum, history. Kawhi. It's Pascal Siakam, if you wanted it. Some of those guys, you would lock those guys up. But no one. Yeah. Here's the thing: no one in the NBA wants it because player empowerment is the order of the day, and it's it's very very different than baseball in that regard. By the well, way, that, because because that's true, but it's more of like. It's Cole's more of an exercise in who do you believe. Years. Yeah. Okay, but who, who do you believe? Who do you believe will be has a future so yeah. valuable that you'd want to that you'd want to bank nine years on it? And um, yeah, I don't. I mean, look, it, it, you know, in reality, if Kawhi asked for nine years and you could give him nine, you would. But I don't know. I don't know if that would be a smart contract. Uh, I don't know if well, none of them are ever Kawhi. smart. I but mean, LeBron will still be going strong in year twenty six. That's a long time from now. Uh, No, I mean, you you have to, you know, Trey Young, would you sign Trey Young to nine years? Yeah. Yeah. Would you sign Jamal Murray to nine years? Would you sign Jamal Murray to nine years? I don't know about that one. I don't know. That's okay. Well, they used to have seven-year contracts. They used to to be able to give seven to your player and six to to a free agent, and they had to knock it down, frankly, because... The players were they were taking it, and uh, the teams were you know because that was available, the teams were, were giving them out, and they were signing, you know, mid level players to six year contracts and five year. The Mavs signed Eric um, Dampier to a seven year deal. I mean, those were the kind of mistakes. What that did were they being give? Made. Yeah, they let Steve Nash what they go give and sign Eric Dampier. Great move. Oh, Tariq Abdul Wahad. <laughs> what did they give to Tariq Abdul Wahad? That was a you seven year deal, wasn't it? I, no, I think it was five. I have to go. And did they sign him to that, or did they inherit it? All I know is if you mention Tariq oh, Abdul-Wahad around Cuban, he will still cuss up a storm because he was paying him for a long time to do nothing. Hmm. But Steve are Nash the Pistons was a funny still paying thing. Josh Smith? I think they are. I'm sorry, go ahead. That was, that was a long say, stretch. Sorry, no, no, that's I was just going to say that Steve Nash was a different kind of cat because he struggled in the beginning, you know? He really did. Um, well, they let him go. It's one of those, like, Nelly blames Cuban. Cuban blames Nelly. They thought his back was breaking down. They thought he, he, he was, you know, about to go downhill. Then he won two straight MVPs under Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. But I'm just saying, he's, he's a little different. Um, and by the way, they are, Detroit is still paying Jasmine. $5.3 I, uh, our producer Troy, Our producer Troy asks, what about Donovan Mitchell? No, yeah, no, no. I mean the Jazz would sign him to a nine-year deal if they could. I can promise you that he. They would. Yeah, they would. Now he's not. Okay. You know he's. I'm, I. The, you know he's along with the rest of the Jazz. Promise. He's not having a great. They're they're winning now, but they're in a rough little way right. You know these days. By the way, the fact that they're Eagles. spanking the uh, the Timberwolves in Minnesota is not a great sign for the T Wolves. They're kind of. Uh, yeah. They've kind of hit the skids ever since the great CP3 bully and Scott Foster scene. God, that was so just that was spectacularly amazing. juicy. Um, uh, that was an all timer there. You know what? That was one bleep. Put this diplomatic jerk meanie. That was one bleep going head to head with another bleep, trying to out bleep each other. Yeah, and then the poor T Wolves got the short end of the stick. It was, I mean, it, Ryan it, the fact was like, that it was Scott what Foster. What did I do here? 
Yeah, right. Poor right. Ryan Sarno. <laughs> the fact that it was CP3, and I'm telling you, if there wasn't all that history with Scott Foster, a CP3 publicly just ripping him to shreds, and then last year Harden ripping him to shreds, and there just being this whole Scott Foster versus, at the time, the Rockets, but especially CP3 kind of conspiracy, that's the only reason that call was made, because... CP3 basically put Scott Foster on blast, and if he doesn't make that call, which is a letter of the law call if there's ever been one, then it's a controversy that way because, you know, there you go. Chris Paul, the best referee in the game, he does it for 48 minutes a game every single night, making the call, and it was technically accurate. I love, though, the refs coming back the next game and hit him twice on the same technicality. Getting him teed up. And he oh, you're on sports. Or whatever. I didn't well, see that. Right? You asked? Oh, no. Yeah, he had his Brian Forte got him twice. Both. Yeah, he checked in. He, he wasn't ready to roll both. They first one was delay a game. It was like, oh, good, you know, good job. You know, you got me, you got me. Then they hit him again, and they teed him up. I mean, the Thunder were up about 15 or so at the time. But, yeah, he got hit with two delay games in the next game. Old Brian Forte was getting Scott Foster's back. You're not going to show up Scott Foster without some retribution from the refs. Come on now. <laughs> it totally was awesome. The Thunder, by the way, have played themselves. The Thunder are basically a 500 team now. and They're uncomfortably um, good. I wonder what they're going to do. Uncomfortably good. <laughs> they, they're too good they for their still, own good. They've they got to make some trades. They, uh, no, they've got to trade Gallinari. They can't I make the Gallinari. playoffs this year. Yeah. I think Gallinari has got to go. He's the last year of his contract. But I don't – I mean, Dennis Schroeder, like, uh, if there's yeah. somebody interested in taking Dennis Schroeder, you've got to trade him, I think. Yeah. You've got to trade all your, all your players you can get assets for that are helping you win right now. With the exception – Steven Adams, to me, is an exception because but me, he can hmm. – you know, once this thing is rebuilt, he can still be a major part of it because of his age. But guys like Schroeder, Gallinari that are short-timers – you got to get something mm-hmm. for them and stop winning so many games and get 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 your butts in the lottery. So guess who the leading scorer for the Oklahoma? Well, let City me tell you Thunders. this: in the, just who's the Oklahoma City Thunder leading scorer? Shea Gilgis Alexander, right? There you go, most improved. Player. Ah, he's obviously one who ain't getting traded. I mean, he's they're building. Oh, he's fabulous. Him. Yeah, Doc's still sad about losing him, but he'll one get thing over it pretty quick. <laughs> not that he'll he's get over not it. that sad. Well, but he really loves him. That's all I'm the, saying. The thing about yeah. it is, in that market they have to be somewhat concerned about winning. Like I remember once they had made the two trades um, to ship off uh, George and Westbrook, like Sam Presti wrote like an op-ed in the, in the, in the daily Oklahoma and like saying, you know, we really need your support. Um, you know, you've gotten used to great teams. We're going to be a little bit different going forward there. I mean, I, I, I think they're, they're, you know, I, you're right, McMahon in that in the laboratory, you absolutely, don't you try to you worry about that draft pick? You trade this guy away, but I'm telling you, there's going to be a temptation there for them to try to to try to see if they could somehow back into it. Um, you know what? But, Here's the thing. I, know, I think you, I think I, you I, trade I, I am the NBA media mayor of Oklahoma City of Bricktown in particular. I, I pump Bricktown up more than anybody <laughs> else in the NBA media. My one of my favorite spots, the old Pink Parrot. They're in the corner of uh, of Sheridan Avenue. It only holds about 200 people. There ain't much else to do in Oklahoma City. So there will be people at the games. They have nothing better to do. Like I said, Big Rich's spot, the old pink parrot, only holds about 200, 250 max. And so everybody else got to go to the game. 
Jackie, if he gets in a couple more plugs, he might get a couple more free drinks. I'm just um, trying to figure out what the one heck last is, thing before we go. By the way, by the way, uh, Big Rich played with Tariq Abdul Wahad when he was Olivier Saint Jean at San Jose State. So it's all like you know, big circle in this podcast. This is a true story. So Gallinari to Portland, does that make sense? Can they afford him? You know what? I, I thought so now, Jackie, because Portland yeah. is going to make. Yeah. And it's like he's too. I think they a, need a wing. He's player. a better version of Carmelo. If Zach Collins didn't get hurt, I thought Gallinari would have made a lot of sense for Portland, because then, you know, it's a much more well-rounded team. He gives them something that they wouldn't have had. Ah. Uh, but I just think, you know, for Portland, I, Portland I think that's way a, too much of a Portland win now a move for Portland. And now that, all right, so where do you send him? And now I just, that Rodney Hood say, is out. Yeah, that was tough. But if mm-hmm. you're gonna if you're gonna say if we're gonna say you got to move Gallinari, shouldn't we say where he's gonna go? I'd just say a guy who's that good in the last year of his contract that there will be interested suitors. And I, I do think, uh, you know, you guys correct me if, if you're hearing something different, that I, I believe that Oklahoma City is willing to take back salary that goes beyond this year if there's the picks that come along with that. Right. There are, I mean, obviously, Sam Presti's collecting picks left and right. Um, I, I just think, you know, there will be Can a market for Gallinari where, man, the Jazz, the Jazz don't have a lot for- of pieces to trade. Because right. they gave they up their, they gave up picks in the Conley deal, and then the only significant salaries they have are, are you know, their, I mean, it's their their key guys. It's Bogdanovich, Gobert, Ingles. You know, I mean, yeah. Donovan's still on his rookie deal. Obviously, he's not getting sure. traded. And then you know, Conley. Right. I mean, his contracts. That's not a an, an asset that people are looking to to take on at this point. Right. I'm just curious. I just if we're gonna. So about it. one last thing before we go, um, Jeff Stotts, he is a, um, I think he's a, an athletic trainer, um, yep. but he runs this website, uh, this Twitter feed that um, uh, monitors NBA injuries uh, in street clothes. Um, and he put out a very interesting statistic. He sort of does a lot of a- uh, analysis. So through the first 20 games of the NBA season, the total games lost to injury are up 10% over last year. Let me ask, he though. He specifically notes that bone injuries. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Does this count Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant? Um, you know, the guys yes. who obviously were hurt. Okay. That's, and then the bone injuries. I don't know. That's kind that of a mean? fluke deal. Yeah. Isn't, like, how do you figure out bone injury? Like, that's not a wear and tear. Like, Steph Curry didn't break his hand because of any kind of wear and tear. He broke his hand because of a very unfortunate fall with a very large man falling on on top of him. Well, look, analytics people would probably step in here and say this is a small sample size. But but the the only thing I'm going to ask here is that we are in an era where we've been more attuned to dodging injuries than we ever have before. Um, and the, the all-time record, according to Stotts, was the seventeen eighteen season, um, and and he says that it's on pace to equal the seventeen eighteen season this year. With um, injury, huh? the all the efforts being being attempted to slow injuries down. I mean, at least in this small sample size, you know, we're not seeing results yet. Yeah, uh, you know, I will say, bigger, funny, faster, and, uh, stronger. I don't know means, what to make of it. 
you know, bigger, faster, stronger. I'm, I don't think I ever passed a physics class, but I believe that means the collisions are more vicious. Yeah, they're bigger, Somebody's faster, and stronger, one. too. It's funny, you know, this whole load managing argument happened to be uh, with Shaq and Charles yesterday for a story I was working on. And uh, they were just scoffing at load management because they were saying how it's disrespectful to all the guys back oh, in the Shaq's day. Oh, Shaq's not the there. one. Shaq's not the one to make that argument. Well, we can discuss that if you care to. But the point he was making, he wasn't talking about himself. He was talking about other guys who played in, and he's right, in bad, maybe it, maybe it was Charles's, I can't remember, because they're, they make, I confuse the two of them when they're together, they're both so hilarious, but uh, bad shoes, you know, out, playing outdoors, play, you know, in the, in the summer, they used to, you know, play, yeah. flying commercial, no, tra- you know, one trainer, maybe knew what he was doing, maybe he didn't, you know, just the, the climate at then as opposed to now, and yet the injuries keep increasing with all these advantages that these players have with all the state-of-the-art facilities and uh, brilliant minds that are watching over them, uh, the, the best equipment you could possibly hope for, and especially the best shoes you could possibly consider. And yet injuries continue to happen. They're part of the game. Well, the one thing about the teams, they're, they're, they're doing such um, intensive work now on, on watching for preventative stuff like you know monitoring their players with wearable technology in practice um monitoring you know oh boy this guy's had you know a heavy stress load the last four days so today let's give him today off um you know there's a lot of money in technology and intelligence being applied to uh predictive analysis and right i mean there's no statistic that says what injuries have been prevented we don't know that but um it's just, it's just, it's it's disappointing, and I, I'm not saying I have any answer. I'm just saying it's disappointing that this, you know, we, we're in an era right now where over the last couple of years we just have an incredible amount, incredible amount of injuries, and it's really hurting the league. It really, really is. I mean, you, there's a lot of people trying to figure out, you know, how the league can be better, you know, what to do about the ratings. Keeping the star players healthy is absolutely vital and yeah you know, i mean being able to have, tune in and watch clay thompson and steph curry would help being able to watch kevin durant would help that's for sure of course absolutely um, absolutely it's just it's a it's but, a worrisome it's a worrisome trend um that the injuries seem to be getting worse not better it's worrisome well again with all the, um, the technology as you say and all the advantages it, it there's something there that doesn't make sense right i can't figure it yeah. out yeah I, I, I will say, I think all the advantage, like all the what we're talking about, I think that has helped lengthen careers. I don't have like the statistical stuff in front of me, but it does seem like there's more guys who are playing deep into their 30s and, you know, even into the, in, in some cases, early 40s than in the past. I mean, lo, lo, right. what LeBron's well, doing in, in year 17 of his career is just ridiculous. Now, he was obviously young well, when Baxter he came in, Holmes. but still. Baxter Holmes did that piece, uh, a series of pieces over the summer where he he put forth the theory that a lot of people have that the heavy play in youth basketball, a lot of games over the course yeah. of the year is Couldn't leading agree to injuries. More. Couldn't agree more yeah. with that piece. Living, lived it on a smaller scale with my own kids. Couldn't agree more with if you guys ever – I don't know, Tim, if your girls play AAU, but 
you go there and you play just a ridiculous amount of games. Kids who are yeah. 12, well, and 10, 12 years old. And you stop playing other sports, so you're not cross-training, which we did not do. But plenty of other families did, and I understood why. Because they were very good at one sport and just okay at the other. And the, the sport they were very good at, the coaches are telling them, if you really yeah. focus on this, perhaps you can get a scholarship, which, of course, is the worst thing you can ever say to a parent because 98% oh. of them are not getting any money at all. And uh, so I, that's a very, very real thing. I've seen it with my Well, parents. and not only are they playing a ton of games, but like most of these tournaments, maybe there's one or two trainers there, but it's not like, you know, Hardly it's not like any, these big-time travel no. teams are, are traveling any sort of medical personnel. They're eating like crap. They're eating a bunch of fast food. You know, I would well, be – because I've And I've the credentials of the coaches, right? How about the yeah. credentials of the coaches? There's no, there's no, I mean, there's, I don't know, I should find out before I say this, but I'm not exactly sure it's the most rigorous process in the world to become an AU basketball coach. You know, I'd, I'd be interested in a study comparing guys who came up in like the European club system in, in terms of health to guys who came up in the AAU system to see if there's any sort of, of correlation there. It's all, it's all well, the Europeans definitely play less games. They, they they do more practicing and more drilling, but they definitely, definitely play less games. Um, I don't know what it all means. I just know that it, it, it alarmed me to see that number. You've written about the academy. Like, NBA teams, a lot of them wish they ha- they could replicate the European club system to a certain degree. They want academies for the best prospects here, and that's a big part of why. They'd love to have academies, but they don't want to be responsible for taking care of, teaching, disciplining teenagers. Um, so they've stopped short mm. of that. That um, Doesn't the NBA have um, international academies in, in both yep. China and other in Africa and other countries? I believe that they Bunch do. Bunch of countries, yeah. Yep, they do. The they custodian, have, have Brian Cardinal, is involved in all that. They have one in Africa. They have uh, three, actually, in China. They opened China. one in Mexico mm-hmm. City. Uh, they have one in Australia where they send all of their top-level international players down there to that one outside. Speaking of Australian so. big-time prospects, both Hampton and uh, Ball now are out for uh, a month or so with injuries. Man. According to our man draft express. Man. Lonzo Ball, um, like when's he going to – like Lonzo Ball, how come he never plays any of these games? Lonzo Ball, I want Lonzo Ball to be good. I want to see him – he's changed his shot. We had an interesting story about that. But my goodness, every year there's some injury that just, you know. How many games has he played this year? Eight, I think? Seven or eight games? Is that it? Mm. I know he's, he's, he's yeah. playing now, right? He's playing back. He's back playing. He's been back playing. I, since, I honestly just saw the Pelicans, and I don't, I, don't, I don't remember anybody playing the game I saw. The Mavericks beat him by 46. <laughs> No, he's playing because yeah. I think he came back after Thanksgiving. I'm not I did see I, there was a Zion sighting in Dallas, not on the court, but I saw him you know, working out in the hallways and whatnot. And he's going to need a little bit of time to get in game shape. Yeah, will not be uh, happening on Christmas Day, which is un- another unfortunate for the league. But thank you for listening to the Hoop Collective podcast. We appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your week, and we'll be talking to you next week. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Jackie. Mm-hmm.